All right. Good afternoon, men. How are you today? Welcome to the November Mission Brief. First off, happy Veterans Day. Thank you for all those who served. Uh, but more importantly, I believe, thank you for all the people that have supported us uh, through, through these years. Um, thank you. Hello. It's good to be here and happy pre-holidays as well. We got Thanksgiving and Christmas around the corner. My name is Christina. For those of you that do not know me, I am Lamar's wife. Yeah. And he invited me here today because we're here to talk about the holidays. And goodness knows, if you can learn from our mistakes <laughs> and walk away um, and learn what not to do, uh, I think we have done our job, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, team, I, I know you're used to seeing me with a few other men in here, either in a different Zoom room or um you know christine maybe upstairs or something so to have us both here together I, I i'm overjoyed so uh you'll have to deal with with how this is going to go down here in the next hour but man I'm, I'm really happy about it it's always nice to have her right next to me so it's a little less hot in here now so she doesn't have to be sequestered upstairs up in the uh the upstairs office so god is good so thank you so much rex kicked us off there he is checking in from uh, washington Thank you. We appreciate it. Guys, open up that chat. Let's find out where everybody's coming in from. Also, let's find out, let's get in the, in the right spirit already here. In 13 short days, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. So what gives us thanks? Uh, the women did theirs earlier today, and it was really interesting to see the ladies giving thanks for all of these beautifully spiritual and emotional and connect, connected ideas. Um, they were thankful for that kind of stuff. And that didn't rhyme with my emotions. You're expecting, let me guess, you're expecting them to say turkey, gravy, uh, football. Yeah. yeah. That's what you were thinking, right? A day off from yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. And then they go with these deep, philosophical, beautiful, insightful um, uh, messages on the chat. We don't expect that from you, gentlemen. Whatever comes to mind, what are you thankful for? So let us know where you're coming in from and what you are thankful for this, this holiday season. Yeah, right away, Randy checks in with thanking uh, uh, being thankful for our veterans mm. uh, and for their service. And so um, I'm thankful for a sweet potato casserole <laughs> that I really enjoy doing in the crock pot without marshmallows. Now, if you are a marshmallow guy, I get it and I respect you. I just disagree with you. You know, we can we can meet there. We don't have to have a, a recount or anything. Uh, we can just know that marshmallows with um, our sweet potatoes is something that that we're not going to have. Doesn't that make it a dessert? And I'm not going to mix vegetables with, no, but okay, that's a whole nother saga. Yeah. We have David here. Welcome, David. It's so good to have you here from Kansas. Uh, we have uh, Ron. It's always good to see you, Ron. Hello, hello. And Edgar from Connecticut. Welcome, Edgar. We have Zed from South Carolina. Um, did I say David from Kansas? If, and Mark from Indianapolis. I love it. I love yep. seeing where everyone is from. So welcome, yeah. gentlemen, covering I, all our bases. Yeah. I think Jocko from Mozambique might have the current, you know, distance record until somebody else breaks that. Wow. Um, so we do have California. Not that that's Mozambique, but well, Mo check it out. I think Mozambique is closer to, to, to Florida than California is. At least it is politically anyway. Mm. I'm so sorry, California. It had to be done. Yeah. Oh. Um, God bless you. We love you. And so we can't wait for you to move to Florida. Bart from Belgium, brother. It's always good to have you on. Love seeing you. <laughs> All right, man, let's open up in a word of prayer and we'll be on our way. It's how we talk about salvaging the holidays. 
Hey, God, thank you so much for today, Lord. Thank you for this, this group of men. Thank you for what they represent in terms of uh, surrendering over to, to your exposure. And that's only because you love us and you want to heal us. And so, God, if, if there's a man out there today within earshot that's thinking this is not fair, why am I going through this? Why did this have to happen to me? Um, God, just let all these other fellows, let my beautiful wife just just wrap them in a figurative, you know, bear hug and say, we love you. We're glad you're here. But more importantly, he loves you. And so, Lord, we surrender this next hour to you. You're holding me pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So the holiday season is right upon us. Um, we have some exciting information we would love to share with y'all. I love diving into the word first and foremost. So if you have a minute to go grab your Bibles, grab those, because we are going to be going into Luke. And I believe it is Luke 17. So if you want to open up to that, more specifically versus um, starting at 11. We're going to be talking about the 10 lepers here in a little bit. Yeah. So 10 lepers. Guys, I don't want you to confuse this. Uh, just because you might have struggled in the past with sexual sin, sexual stronghold, that does not mean you're part of a leper colony. It's just a parable. It's just how Jesus did things. So please don't think that this is literal for us. Um, sometimes at churches, you know, guys are scared to go stand next to the, fo the folks that everybody else knows are struggling with sexual sin because they don't want to appear to be part of that group. Um, but I'll tell you, man, once you, once you get to be part of that and you understand how important it is for us to be completely honest with each other and transparent, it can truly change everything. But don't be alarmed. We're not calling you lepers. Well, maybe me. But um, that does not necessarily mean that you are all unclean. <laughs> You're healed leper. We'll get to that in a minute. Amen. Yes. So Amen. we so, are going to have you start by reading. Yeah. So open up your kid's crayon Bible, your teen action Bible, whatever version you have. Uh, power it up. Open it up. Turn to the tab. Um, whatever that looks like. I can already hear the, uh, the, the, the virtual rustling of pages as we speak. So... Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem as he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. And they all lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I love this story. And actually, this is a story God um, led me to when praying about uh, meeting here today with uh, you gentlemen. And it's a beautiful, beautiful story, and we probably have all heard it many, many times. But there's something new that God revealed to me in digging into this scripture um, and into this story. Uh, notice that a lot of miracles in the Bible first start with Jesus saying, do you want this healing? Um, you know, or, or asking, that, asking someone to go out on faith first to do something. Not everyone, but many of them, uh, like Peter, step out of the boat. Uh, you know, so there's there's things that he asks us to do, and it's very interesting. I never caught on to this that the ten lepers that call for them. Now, remember, they are in a colony; they are isolated; they are far away, so they're yelling out to Jesus when they see him, "Heal us!" They have faith. I mean, they believe Jesus can heal them. Number one, they're yelling out to him. Number two, when Jesus sees them, he says, "Turn around and go." 
um, go and, and uh, go to the priest. Um, they'd already been to the priest. The priest had already called them unclean and sent them to that leper mm-hmm. colony, right? They're already there. So it's actually an act of faith to be able to say, okay, we know Jesus is going to heal us. And if he tells us to go to those, the, the priest, then we're going to turn around and go. All 10 of them turned around and went to the priest. They demonstrated faith first. And then all 10 of them got healing, and which I think is beautiful. But one man went the extra, extra mm-hmm. and he came back and didn't just celebrate the gift God gave for him. He celebrated the gift giver. And he went to Jesus and he, was, he said, thank you. And, and because of his gratitude that he showed towards Jesus and what he did, Jesus said to, you, said to him, you will receive more healing. And we don't know what that more healing is, Lamar. I mean, we have no idea. Uh, did he have another physical disability? Maybe emotional strain from being a leopard and isolated for so long? Maybe spiritual turmoil? Whatever it is, he got additional. He got an additional miracle by showing gratitude. Yeah, you may be feeling like a leper right now. You may be feeling like you're standing way far away from Jesus, and you're yelling at him and the disciples, "Master, please heal us." Uh, let, let me encourage you in that. Uh, you're not. He, he is as close to you as he's ever been. And it's a matter of whether or not you're actually going to turn to him and, and get closer to him. As close as at least the disciples let you figuratively, of course. And then to really just, you know, let him let him put his arms around you. He, he really wants to heal you. I promise, guys. Now, the holidays are going to appear to be tough. But he wants to heal the holidays too. He wants to redeem the holidays. And it's not just some sense of restoration. That's that's back to ops normal. You know, we don't necessarily want that in terms of the holidays. We want to have redeemed holidays to take back ground for Jesus. Yeah, there's many times. Lamar and I have worked with hundreds of couples um, since 2015 when we went through our storm. And for those of you that don't know, um, we did go through infidelity, found out Lamar was a sex addict. Our storm was very public in nature because it involved a murder um, and it turned our world upside down. But we committed to recovery and we're here uh, today. And so we've had a chance since 2015 to it's such a gift that we've been able to work with hundreds of couples. But what we see oftentimes is, uh, well, I hear Lamar I'm working with these men and or I have a chance to work with them when we're together and they they talk about the miracle of I've been healed. I mean, I, I've been I would I have been a sex addict. I have been in stronghold sexual sin since I was nine years old, 10 years old, 12 years old. We hear these stories. I never thought I'd be set free and I'm sober minded. I've been sober minded for six months, a year two years, three years, but there's, there's most of the time, if not every case, there's a, but, and you can tell there's still some healing, another miracle that still needs to occur. And a lot of times it's with the wife. The wife is still struggling, letting go of her pain. The wife is still being triggered and hurting just, 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 just a constant mess or holding on to anger or not able to forgive, not able to move on. Or maybe the, the man is still struggling with anger um, because it's not fair he's going through this or what, what have you. So I believe personally that we all can expect more miracles, even if he's already done one in your life, that you can hold on to hope that he can do another miracle this holiday season. Yep. And that's what we're gonna talk about. How can we see those, those miracles? Well, 
let's talk about a miracle that we're seeking this holiday season, me and my wife. Um, we shared it with the women a little bit earlier. So if you watch this first and then you go over and you, and you see a replay of the, the women's part, you can fast forward about seven to 10 minutes through this because it's the same content. But uh, on Sunday, I'm going to start a drive across the country, Florida, all the way up to Kentucky. Uh, one of our sons has been struggling with sexual sin, sexual stronghold for the better part of a decade now, uh, since he was a very young man, probably about nine or 10 years old. And um, we've tried all kinds of things. Thank God that I've been through my stuff just so I can be here for him. Um, and we are excited to go and, and you know, welcome him into a, a facility that's going to assist him for the next nine months. It's going to be difficult. We understand that. He is all aboard. He is 100% behind this. Uh, he knows that to begin his life, he has to get right first before he has a chance at true relationship. And so uh, we're thrilled, but it's going to be difficult. Uh, he had to be pulled from high school a little bit early so he could finish up about seven months ahead of time. And he just finished yesterday, thank goodness. And it's a big praise on our behalf. Um, but there's some rocky times ahead for this young man, for our son. We adopted him from Ukraine when he was four, about 13 and a half years ago. And it, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time in our lives. But this is something that we are so excited for him to get some true healing regarding. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, we did pray for a miracle. I mean, we, we got the miracle of our restored marriage, um, just like the leopards got healed and our marriage was healed. Um, but we were prayerful and we have been prayerful that we would receive another miracle that out of uh, with having four sons, none of them would struggle with sexual sin and addiction. Um, but that miracle wasn't granted or maybe it was and it's just we, we don't know what that looks like I believe God's way is so much better than our way. Um, and so he does struggle with addiction. Um, so we are going to continue to be gracious and and be thankful to God and expectant this holiday season and for the next nine months that there will be another miracle um, and and uh, um, I, I know he can do anything and I'm excited to, like Lamar's to see what's next, but uh, the world. Um, it, it's, it's going to say something else right Lamar I mean we we've struggled along this way um, uh, the world says we've heard so many times well teenagers that's just teenagers that's just hormones every every teenager looks at porn every teenager masturbates um we've had teachers uh, when we've asked for him not to have computers say we don't do that and we know there's not um anything to monitor them on the computers but you know that's not really a big deal everybody looks at that stuff um, but there's a reason god picked andrew out of ukraine and brought him into our family where we don't take sexual sin and stronghold lightly, where we're not going to stand by and say, this is okay. And this is every man's battle and that's all right, he'll outgrow it. Or that's okay, that's just hormones. We refuse to accept that. And we will fight back um, in that faith um, during this time. Um, but it's not easy and we need to be armed. And this is where God has been so good to us and arming us and, and showing us what scripture will help us. And you were given a beautiful blueprint. <laughs> and I'd love to talk more about that blueprint. Yeah, as we, as we launch into this, guys, that, that, that's kind of our holiday miracle that, that we're, we understand God is gonna do it. It may not be exactly the way that we expect him, 
but we know that there is a miracle here. I mean, there, there's a miracle that we're sitting in the same room. There's a miracle we're, st we're still married. There's a miracle I didn't die during one of the murders. Um, and so that they never cease. Mm -hmm. And so what I wanna see from y'all in the chat is, as you go into the holiday season, what miracle are you really praying for? Mm -hmm. I mean, like really praying for, not, not the miracle of, gosh, I hope I have enough money for all the gifts, okay? What miracle are you expecting or that you're hoping for that's gonna change your life in your home with the people that you love? If you're single, if you're divorced, if you're married, hanging on by a thread, if you're redeemed through you know, God's grace and his forgiveness and her mercy, then man, drop that in there. Put that in the chats. But this is a chance for us to really lay into what, what is it that we're hoping for? What is, it, what, what is the miracle that we're praying for this holiday season? And so as we go into the rest of the conversation about this, I just want to kind of give the blueprint for God's promise to us that here's where you were. Here's where I want to take you. Here's the overarching strategic high level you know, viewpoint. And here are some of the tactical things that you can do. And again, so if you're still in your Bible, you know, whichever version you may have, and you're over in Luke right now, turn over a few books over to Colossians. I'll give you a little bit of time to get there. We're going to Colossians 3. And for all you smart Bible folks out there, this is probably going to look a lot like a, a distillation of maybe the back half of Ephesians. Um, it's going to look a lot like the redemptive story. So as you, as you get there, just, just get ready. I've already got a few things here. Yeah, I have. Um, Harold said that one of the things that he prays for is that relapse doesn't happen during the holiday season as it has in the past. And, and Harold, first of all, recognizing that it is a pattern, first of all, and showing up today knowing that's what we're talking about, you're on the right path. You're, you're doing the right things and I commend you for that. And we are gonna talk more about that um, uh, relapse prevention on the holiday, so, so hang tight there. And we have Bart that said, praying for total healing in my relationship with my wife and our sons, which is beautiful. And, and um, and to see hope amidst what has been a very heavy weight. Um, I think that's absolutely beautiful and to enjoy the family and to know that Christ is healing. Thank you for sharing that, David. Beautiful answers, beautiful answers. Wow, men, you've really stepped up. That's really good. I like these. These, these bring tears to my eyes, mm -hmm. you guys. I mean, it's one thing to talk about food and football mm -hmm. and, and, and being together around the family table, but it's yes. another thing to really talk about what it is that, that we're hoping and praying for God to do in our lives yes. and to be vulnerable of it. You mm -hmm. know, Joe writes the miracle of happiness and joy, peace with my family, his wife's healing, praying his kids don't struggle. Yes. You know, I, I'll, I'll add to that, Joe. I pray your kids don't struggle through when Christ wants to heal them, mm -hmm. that they don't continue to struggle. In some ways, I pray our kids, our kids struggle with Christ, meaning that, that, that they wrestle with him, that they fully understand about how desperate they are for him. I see, again, uh, another answer from Ron to have peace and joy. I'm starting to hear that a lot more, peace and joy, which is a great segue. Thank you, gentlemen. It's like you read our notes um, <laughs> as to how do we get peace and joy in the holidays, especially if, we have, if you have a wife that's really hurting. How do you navigate that? Or even if you're not married or if you're divorced, how do you how do you find peace and joy when you're separated um, or, or, or struggling still in the addiction? Maybe you're, you're still wrapped up in sin. And so it's, it's beautiful that Paul gives us some guidelines, Lamar. So I'd love to, to talk about what this looks like, the old self and the new self. And what what are some tangible steps we can take from this? Yeah, Colossians three, I think, is such a great uh, part of the gospel. 
um, because it just really breaks it down in, in, in super bite-sized chunks for us. And so I'm not going to you know, do some death march here and read the whole book or the whole chapter to you. I do want to highlight here, you know, where were we in this? And, and I point straight to Colossians 3 verse 5 in this. And it's going to talk about where we were as men. I'll be honest, Christ wants to put to death the old part of ourselves that focused on sexual immorality, on impurity, on passion, which has gone, gone, gone crazy on us, on evil desire, and on covetousness. And let's face it, covetousness, some people are like, what does that even mean, covetousness? Um, is, that, is that the old thou shalt not covet from the, from the Old Testament? Uh, yes and amen, and, and then some too. It's basically seeing things that aren't yours that you want to have. Be that on your video screen, be that with an affair partner, be that with a, a, a chat with somebody, you know, be it with that girl at the office um, that, that thinks you're really cool. And so it's interesting that those things are um, two or, or, or the Satan's tools. I'm sure Lamar has taught you Satan has, has three tools, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh and pride of life. Those are all wrapped up and the, you can see the enemy at work with these sins. It's absolutely incredible, Lamar, that the covetousness and the, um, the, all those, um, the sexual immorality, mm -hmm. you know, that's lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes wanting something that's not yours. Um, it's crazy how you can just, the old self just reeks of Satan, just reeks of them. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's all over. His fingerprints are all over that. And that's the old self. And, and we, we've been damned since the garden in terms of uh, on our own, we have nothing to offer in front of God the Father. We have to have the righteousness of Christ all over us. And I love David's question a little bit earlier. I think he's three, three chats up. He said, how? My question is how? I've never been free. How do I do this? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, it's, it's Michael. I apologize, That's Michael. That's all right. And so, mm -hmm. I, sneaker, or I'm sorry, um, spoiler alert, it's coming. Mm -hmm. It's coming here. So, so, so just hang tight. All right. Cause now I want to talk about where God wants to take us. Yeah. So, and we, so we have these death clothes and I, I think of, of mm -hmm. Lazarus um, in the death clothes when Jesus came to heal him, uh, he'd been dead there for a little bit while, a while. And they said he actually stinked. He'd been there for a little while and he came out and said, take those off. And that's, that's what I imagined. That's the old self. Those are our clothes. We don't, we don't need to be tripping over our death clothes anymore. We got to take that old self off. Um, and there's more to the old self, and I know you're kind of glossing mm -hmm. over. Um, if you were to dive deeper into Colossians 3, the list goes on. And it's the reaction to those kinds of sins as well, that um, uh, anger, uh, maliciousness, uh, the, uh, the tongue, uh, slander, anything like that, which I see as almost a reaction to it that wives might struggle with. Or you could also be struggling with anger for getting caught or anger for recovery not going the way you want. But the list goes on. I mean, it's not just these four or five things here. The list goes on. It's all of it. It's all of it. Or, um, the death clothes that are binding us up, that are tripping over us and stopping us and causing that relapse or causing women to get stuck in unforgiveness, which is which is the same thing as you guys being stuck in sexual sin. Mm -hmm. It's no different. It it distorts the brain. It hurts the heart, hurts the soul, and it destroys the woman, the unforgiveness. So um, yeah. moving on, what does the new self look like? What, I mean, how do we do that? It's a great yeah. question for Michael. Man, thank you so much uh, for, for rallying around Michael. I see several guys responding to him. Mm -hmm. Michael, let me encourage you through this, man. You may feel some some nudging from some of these some of these men. Actually, that's the Holy Spirit working through these guys and their chats with you. 
Um, the Holy Spirit says, hey, you know, it's been going down your way for quite a bit of time now. Why don't you try it my way now? That's from the Holy Spirit. That's, that's one of the triune God that we serve. You'll never hear from the Holy Spirit. You're unfit. You're condemned. There's no way that you can possibly ever be well. You'll always be an addict. You'll always struggle with this. You are destined to never be free. That's the voice of the enemy. So I want to encourage you as you read this, um, please know that all these brothers are, are looking to help, man. And, and sometimes that help, it may come across as being a little bit abrasive. It may come across as being a little bit matter of fact. Um, it's because so many of us have struggled so long with the fringe and not being completely direct and upfront and being very clear. And so um, just hang on, Michael. We're, we're going to get there, man. So the new us is in verse 12. Let's take a look at verse 12. Um, if you have your Bible again, you can kind of follow along here. I'm not going to read it word for word. I don't have all that knowledge. And so the new us that he gives us, he moves us off of the old sexual immorality, et cetera. And he takes us down to compassionate hearts, mm-hmm. kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And I want to address each one of these. Mm-hmm. So compassionate hearts, where do you see a compassionate heart that, that still needs some work? Yeah, that that is what I see as men who struggle with empathy and recovery. Um, that is not the new self. That is the old self. When I hear men say, I'm not an empathetic person. And if, if you've ever heard me speak before, then you've heard me say this. You are because you are made in the image of likeness of God. And he is the definition of empathy. So every man has the capacity to be empathetic. You may just not have had it demonstrated in your life. You may not have had a way to learn it. So the way I see this in the new self, um, when men choose to put on the new self um, that that God um, can give you, um, is a man who's willing to learn to be empathetic. I'm not talking about one that can naturally just jump into that role. I'm, I'm talking about the one that says, I don't know how to do this, but I'm willing to learn. And there are some incredible tools, Lamar, that you and I have learned along the way to help men learn how to be empathetic. Um, Tools such as um, dressing her losses, you know, counting her costs so she knows um, that you recognize the pain. Because right now during the holiday season, you can say, you know, and we're going to talk about forgiveness down here just a little bit. Um, She can say, I forgive you. Um, And and, and you can try to show her appreciation, but right now that's just all words. She is not feeling loved. She is not feeling appreciated. Um, she is hurting. She is hurting a lot. And what she wants right now more than anything is your empathy. She wants you to feel her pain and to walk a mile in her shoes and to know um, that even though you will never know what it feels like, uh, what she is going through, that you're at least going to try. Um, that, and, and there are some incredible exercises we can walk through that Warpath walks through. Dr. Wise does an incredible, incredible job helping the men uh, really address the broken marriage. I mean, Conquer Series is great at addressing the addiction, but if you stop there and you have a sexless and loveless relationship, then you need to be moving on to Warpath and Stronger Together because that's really going to help you um, and um, develop empathy and compassion um, in the new self. Yeah, I'm so glad that you mentioned that, Christina. Um, Warpath is one of our studies on Soul Refiner, and it truly is a discipleship journey through how to restore your relationships with the ones that you love. 
even if you have a, a, a fractured marriage um, or a relationship, maybe it, maybe it was with a fiance that, that was destroyed. Uh, there are countless guys, not just in this group today, but also um, that they're going to be joining in other groups that can help you walk through that. Um, if you are there for a, an initial addressing kind of what Michael talked about of I've never been free. Let me encourage you to take a look at the conquer series again on soul refiner. And the conquer series will lead you through a 10 week kind of a crash course on how to really be free and get free. It'll help you get some sobriety. And then Warpath is going to help you really launch into a fantastic recovery and then a redeemed set of relationships around your life. And so mm -hmm. th there's, there's so much coursework in these that can help you through that, the, the tactical, tangible aspects. These are just wave tops that we're addressing today. But that is how to do it in a group with some curriculum and some brothers that you can be transparent with and be accountable to. Absolutely. And th these are programs. We're not just saying it because we work for Soul Refiner. We work for Soul Refiner because these things saved our marriage. That's why we're here. We are living testimony. We would not be married here had we not seen Conquer Series, both of us, had we not gone through Warpath, had we not gone through Stronger Together. I mean, it's just, it's almost like God has gifted us those things and we've just been able to build um, closer and closer together. Um, I can't ignore what Carl just said, sweetie. Um, he says he lacks empathy um, because he had major military events. You're right, PTSD is, an, is absolutely a killer of being able to be empathetic and compassion. And, and Carl, I apologize for what you've gone through. Um, I can't imagine what you struggle with, but let me encourage you, if this guy um, can learn to be empathetic, anybody can, because he was right there with you. He had the, about the compassion of a flea. If a flea has compassion, no offense, honey, that was the old self. So we can talk badly about the old self. The new self, this guy um, is, is, he's beautifully compassionate now but it did not just come with your sexual sobriety. He didn't just um, stop masturbating, stop looking at porn, stop affairs, and then all of a sudden have all this compassion and empathy for me. It didn't happen that way. We had to go through Stronger Together. We had to address why he struggled being um, what's called an intimacy anorexic, unable to give me love. And then during that journey, I realized I did too, that through the trauma of the infidelity, I started withholding. And through other things in my past, I withheld love. And so I just want to encourage you, there are things, I mean, that is an incredible tool that really addresses the why before you start trying the tools. Because to understand why you lack that, um, it, it's very powerful. It's getting to the root of it, so you're not putting a Band-Aid on a hemorrhage, but you're healing the wound from the root. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Guys, I, I love the chat just rolling along. It, it kind of makes it a little bit easier for us, and we can, we can address things as they come up. If you need a question addressed and you absolutely want us to see it, use the Q&A function down at the bottom. Uh, Chris, I'm going to talk to yours here, so you don't have to do that necessarily. But if we've missed somebody's question, use the Q&A down here at the bottom, and that way we can make sure that we see it. Um, Chris says, can you speak to the difference between sobriety and recovery? Okay. Sobriety is a subset of recovery. You have to have sobriety to be in recovery. Right? You don't have to have recovery to have some sobriety. Sobriety is, means that you're still out there kind of white knuckling it at times, just basically using straight stick obedience as a way to get through, knowing that it's bad for you, it's wrong for you, and if, if the consequences will destroy the people that you love the most. That's kind of sobriety, just being really honest about it. Recovery says, oh my goodness, Lord, I understand now you have so much more for me than anything that my old addiction ever could have given me. 
I don't do it because of how beautiful you make my life. I do this because of how beautiful you are, Lord. And the, and the natural, I guess, response to the Holy Spirit in my life is to continue down my sober path and into recovery where I can realize just how much you love me and you want great things for me. Again, not a prosperity gospel concept because it doesn't mean your life's going to get easier. It doesn't mean your marriage is going to be saved. It doesn't mean your kids are ever going to talk to you again because of what you've done. Okay. Your vertical right standing with Christ has nothing to do with the horizontal hell that you created or the consequences from your old actions. But you recognize that he is that beautiful and only through him can we gain a true sense of recovery and redemptive relationships. You know, people talk about next steps. I think that's different from person to person. As you go into recovery, you start to realize pretty quickly that a next step is an it's natural leadership that you recognize again, that what Christ has done in your life is so incredibly gorgeous that you can't help but tell other people about it. And you want to see them get some redemption in their lives as well. And you'll do whatever it takes to help them. You'll be there for them at 2 a.m. in the morning once. If it's a recurring theme, then you got a different conversation. And so I, I just I, I want to encourage you guys. These are great questions. Uh, recovery, I believe, is a lifelong term. It doesn't mean it's your identity, but I think that we're going to be in that sanctification part of recovery really for the rest of our lives because we recognize that he's constantly working on us. It's beautiful. Well, moving on, we have the Colossians 3.12, the next one on our list, yep. um, beside compassionate heart is kindness. So what are ways that we can that you guys can demonstrate kindness this holiday season in the new self? Um, and I'd like to share what um, uh, kindness looks like from a woman who has been betrayed. That might be just, it might be new to y'all. This might be the first Christmas you're going through. Um, since disclosure, you might have upcoming disclosure and everything is raw. Uh, kindness is clearness. It's, 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 um, it's talking. It's communicating. It's saying, I know this holiday season, sweetie, is going to look different. I know there are going to be things that are triggering. How can I walk beside you? Um, kindness is studying your mate and doing just random acts of kindness without expecting anything in return. You're courting her again. You are loving her. You are rewiring your brain for your wife and your heart for your wife. So that should be done, not just with words, but with kindness. And those are acts that are demonstrated. Uh, one thing that Lamar did for me, our first uh, Christmas, this is actually something good that we did, um, because like I said, we, we messed up a lot of things in the holidays. Uh, I could not do things the way I wanted to. Um, and I'm, I'm going to speak on behalf of your wife who might not be able to tell you this. When you have a trauma brain, you can't think straight. You, I mean, you can't, I mean, you lose track of time. Um, you can't juggle as many things as you used to. Um, you don't have the joy. You feel kind of numb. Uh, it's like the world is going and you're frozen. And it's very hard. And you have all these expectations put on you or that you put on yourself for the holidays to make it perfect for everyone else. And you just can't. You just shut down and you just can't. Something that Lamar did for me, and he did this in 2015, he said, let me start taking care of the shopping for the boys. Up until then, I always had, because I stayed at home with him, he worked, and that was just my thing. I, I bought him, I wrapped him, and he was just a surprise Christmas day as they were, uh, what they unwrapped. And he did that, and it was such, he took delight in it, and I saw him take delight in it. 
which lessened the burden for me. He volunteered it. He started doing it and he does it every year now. He starts like in January, February. He gets super excited about it. He loves shopping for them. He puts things away all year round. And I take delight in the fact that he's taking a delight having helped me um, take over this job. So what are some ways that you can lighten her load? And if you don't know, ask her, what can I do to eliminate the stress? Uh, is it the holiday cards? And, and don't feel obligated to, to shop for my family. Let me do that this year. I mean, what can you do? You know, let's, let's not worry about the parties this year where there's alcohol and women that might not be dressed right or people that might not know our story. Let's just, I, I wanna take that pressure off of you from you having to tell me you feel uncomfortable. And I just want a night where you and I, you know, curl up, have some hot cocoa, look at the lights on the tree, and just talk about our future wishes, hopes, and dreams. Yeah. That, that's kindness, yeah. That's especially beautiful in our situation right now. With my son leaving this weekend, we put up our tree last night. That may be a little bit early for most of your purists out there. It's early for me. I'm a purist. He's yeah. talking to me. So this is way outside my comfort zone. But yeah. for him. Yeah, so yes. the, the tree was all kind of, you know, the little twinkles and everything this morning. I thought that's really cool. It so. is, yes. All right, guys, the next hit on here is humility mm. on this list. You know, we've already been through compassionate hearts, parentheses, empathy, kindness, we just heard from, and now humility. Um, one of my favorite ever Christian commentators was an old English professor. He's fantastic. Y'all probably know who he is, C.S. Lewis. And uh, he said that humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking about yourself less. I'm pretty sure he was the first one to say that. He's a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, he kind of wrote Chronicles and Narnia and all that other stuff among a lot of other Christian uh, material. And so I, I love humility um, in, in terms of how do we get more of it? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Absolutely. I think humility is, is something that when it is demonstrated um, with a pure heart and with not a hidden agenda can be a very sweet gift uh, for your wife. And she is going to be triggered during the holidays and she and, it, and she might get spun up about something that you had no control over. You had nothing to do with it. And she just snaps and she snaps at you and she starts going off and she's on a tirade. And then you meet her and you're like, I didn't do anything. And then it starts this huge thing. And you're thinking to yourself, I am not apologizing for her. she started it. And you're right. She did start it. But do you want to be right or do you want to be married? All right, y'all. So humility is going first yeah. even if you weren't the one that went first in the disagreement even if you never even engaged in the disagreement something from the past does play a part in her being triggered in the present she is spun up more she is anxious more she is uh, focusing on different things more her brain has been changed because of the betrayal because of the trauma and it might not be something it could be because the kids were uh, you know, doing something and they messed up a Christmas craft or, you know, the Amazon order got messed up and she just takes it out on you. And you're thinking my infidelity, my masturbation, my porn has nothing to do with that craziness. And there's no way I am going to apologize. Gentlemen, when Lamar comes to me and says, I am so sorry that my past, if it has anything to do with how you're feeling now is contributing to your pain right now what can i do whoa whoa i mean that just makes me come down so quickly and then he's not trying to fix me he's not coming and saying um you know i'm gonna hug you let me pray for you he's asking me what i want 
that calms me down. And sometimes I just need distance. Sometimes I need prayer. Sometimes I need um, just alone time. Sometimes I just need him to hear me out and just let me get it off my chest. That's humility. And that could be one of the most beautiful things you can give to your wife, not just during this holiday season, but in her recovery journey. So, so that covers humility. The last two are meekness and patience, and we're going to split those. Uh, which one do you want? Um, how about you? I'll take, I'll take meekness. Okay, that sounds okay. good. Okay, meekness. I think this comes from the notion that uh, I surrender the direction of my life to Jesus. Mm. And again, I'll go back to C.S. Lewis, because a lot of us guys, we'll give him about 95% of direction. You know, maybe we're as far as being really good stewards of, of his money and giving back to the church, not, not just the, the faithful tithe, but also offerings on top of that. Maybe we take our kids to church and we talk about Jesus around the, the kitchen table. But a lot of us have been holding something behind our back our whole lives in terms of our sexuality. And we've never surrendered our sexual direction over to him. And so meekness means that, Lord, you have my entire life. It's like a, it, I hear it said that it, it means a, the bit in my mouth is available for your reins. Mm. And you get, to, you get to, to choose my steps. I follow your direction, Lord. You are... You know, driving this train. No, I, I love that illustration, um, honey. And a, a man that is strung out um, in his addicted state is not the picture of meekness because he has the reins himself for his own life. And you can see it. You can see it the way he drives like a madman on the road or has to micromanage everything his kids does or is, you know, you know over controlling with the finances. Um, that's a man taking control of the reins. A meek husband is one that I've seen you grow into as you are becoming this new self. It's one that goes to the Holy Spirit every day and says, where do I need to be sanctified? Where do I need to grow? I surrender my life to you. What's that next step look like? And when I see him spending time with God and, and giving the reins to him, um, that makes me feel safe. And that's where I have started to learn to trust him because now I know he's not the God of our marriage. He's inviting God to be the God of our marriage. And we had the marriage where he was the God of our marriage and it nearly killed both of us, but I allowed it. I, I put him up on that pedestal and that was both of us. Um, and so this marriage, God will be rolling what we do. And that is, can only be done with meekness. Yep. Hmm. And then the last one here is patience. Uh, yeah, guys, I, I don't really wanna anchor on patience too much. I'll just submit to you the Old Testament. If you ever want a lesson in patience, look at how many times Israel, how many times Israel walked away from God and how many times he was faithful to keep pulling them back toward him and drawing them nearer to him. And I just, I, I'm always blown away by his patience with us. And if you need another example, it is your wife. The fact that she's even talking to you or other people that may know about your stuff that are still considering you a big part of their lives in a positive way, that's patience. They recognize you know, what it is that we are, and they still love us. They're still patient with us, and they're expecting that miracle, kind of like what we're talking about over the holidays. Um, do you have anything you want to have for patience? No, I love that. I think you did a great job. And Colossians 3, it's just so rich. And just like I encourage the women, uh, gentlemen, spend some time in there because there's more. We can't go over every single thing that we're going to be going into. Um, but the one part that, um, uh, you know, right in the middle that comes up next, it talks about, and above all these, put on love. 
And Namari, this is just so beautiful because love is not, I don't believe it was intended to be a feeling. It's not an adjective. It is, it's a verb. It's doing. And and I, I use the scripture all the time because I love it so much. First John 3, 18. And, and it really is, it, it's about don't show love with your words um, and, 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 and your tongue, but with your deeds and your truth. And so love, I mean, that's how you demonstrate love. Mm-hmm. And loving your wife doesn't mean I love you, I love you, and saying that over and over again, which is beautiful. But what, how can she receive love? What are ways that you can show her love? And let me tell you, if you've done the, you know, back in the day, the five love languages, you did the personality test, rip those up, okay? Don't put labels on it, because God did not create her to be just one personality. God did not create her to be just one kind of gift giver or receiver. He makes everyone completely unique, and and she does not fit in a box. And especially after trauma, her tastes are going to change. And what she wants from you is going to change. And she may not know. She may not know what she needs from you. Um, but that's where it takes you being able to approach her and just say, what, how can I love you? What can I do? Um, and, and to, to be vulnerable and, and then do it. Mm-hmm. And then, and there are times that Lamar's come to me and I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what I want. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is giving gifts. And then he brings me, he, you know, when we were first, um, going through our storm, um, maybe, you know, if you're at the store and you think of me and you bring home something and surprise me and he would do that. I'm like, oh, oh, that's triggering. You you didn't tell me you were going to the store and getting that. And that's a secret. And and then I said, it became, don't give me any gifts at all for Christmas. And so I mean, he, he, it was trial and error trying to figure out how to love me. Uh, but just please, gentlemen, get, be graceful. Your wife, the fact that she's still married um, and, and sitting beside you, give her a little bit of the grace she's giving you as she tries to navigate. She's got to learn how this new person she is a new person uh, is going to be able to love and receive love yep. mm. so you know for guys that, that may be having some questions on this stuff they're like oh man so this love thing i don't really know how to do that that's that's a strategic overarch kind of um umbrella underneath all this other stuff it's the most important thing and i'm not mm. talking about love um little l love which has something in it for me like i have some expectation of recompense some expectation of return love you know, that's not why we love. It's not how Christ loved us. Thank you, Bart, for Ephesians 5. It's so relevant here. You know, he gave himself for it. That's how he loved. He died to himself, literally and figuratively, for his bride, the church, which is all of us. And so, men, as you think about big L love, again, that's agape love. That's his love, not yours. Okay, not the way that you want to be loved. That's how I tend to love. You know, I'll make her food because... I feel loved when she makes me food. Well, that ain't how she loves. or That's not how she wants to be loved. And so sadly as it is for me, there may be some times when I might have to have a couple of hunger pangs if I'm going to big L love her because that's sacrificing of yourself. And so that's, that's the strategic effort. The tactical boots on the ground, how are we really going to do this day to day? Let me give you an initial steer, okay? And it is tied up in verses... 15 and 17, even at the end of the chapter in Colossians 3, it is all about gratitude and thankfulness. And the ladies covered a lot more of this in in their Mm -hmm. session earlier today. So I'd encourage you to go look at that recording as well. 
Um, but we have a couple of new things we can talk about as well. And I invite them, invite you to um, invite your wife to come sit here. I mean, to talk about a new self, humbling your wife and saying, I learned some terrific information. I think there's some great conversations that we can have by, you know, after the turkey dinner, or looking at the twinkly lights and, and seriously talk about these things because there are some great conversation starters here. Um, but, but yes, honey, when we talk about thankfulness, um, men, this is such a huge part of recovery. And there's two types of thankfulness that I want to address. Um, there's thankfulness to God first and foremost. I mean, we look at the story of the leper, circle back around to that. He was blessed with additional miracles because of his heart and giving thanks to Jesus. I want each and every one of you and if you're sober for one day, two days, you know, six months, even for those of you that are at confessing it's a sin and just looking to start the journey, that's a miracle. But God can do more miracles. But I believe it starts with an attitude of gratitude. And what does that look like for you this season? How do you give thanks to God for, uh, for what he has done? And Doug Wise, he gives the example of you know, saying five things before you get up. That's beautiful. Um, I love that. I set a reminder on my phone. And at 10 o'clock mid morning and three o'clock mid afternoon, uh, I'm, it goes off and says, thank God for three things. Uh, and I, and that, that really helps me. It's, it's a nice reminder. Um, getting a prayer journal, writing those things that you're grateful for on a daily basis is beautiful. Mm -hmm. But it, it's not just thanking God, which is extremely important for the miracle. But if you're looking to redeem your marriage, there's also appreciation and thankfulness for your wife. Because right now, like I said before, she is not this holiday season, which she typically has in the past holiday. Christmas is a time where she feels blessed, where she's counting all her blessings. She feels appreciated for all her hard work. This Christmas is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a lot different because she's not thinking of that right now. I, I don't care how graceful your wife is. I've yet to meet a wife or a woman who's gone through betrayal where that first holiday season, she's not counting her losses. That's what she's doing. She's sitting back and thinking to herself, well, I, 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 I cooked for him. I gave up a career for him. I, I, I gave him children. Um, I made every Christmas so special, but that wasn't enough. That's what she's thinking about. So she is not feeling appreciated. She is not feeling valued. And so one of the greatest things you can do for recovery is daily, daily and intentionally showing appreciations for what she does. I don't care if it's just she got out of bed that day. I mean, because it, it, when you're in trauma mode, it is hard. And so look for those things, be appreciative. Um, tell her, I highly recommend every man here, go buy a, a journal at TJ Maxx, at Amazon, get a journal appreciation log, start writing. You know, four or five things that you appreciate about your wife every day and put it by her nightstand and she'll look and she'll say during the holidays, what's this? Oh, honey, it's just a gift I want to give you. And every day add to that and write in four or five more things, two or three, one or two. Don't be legalistic about this. That could be the sweetest gift you give her this holiday season. Mm -hmm. And then when she's triggered, she can go back and see something and don't expect her to give you appreciations back just write those journal or or text her before you go to bed at night and she's like well who are you texting i'm texting you so when you wake up in the morning the first thing you see is what i appreciate about you today what a sweet gift you can give her every single day during the holiday 
but it's it's I'm giving you a gift. I'm giving you the keys to the palace. It's up to you whether or not you choose to use them. Yeah. So you start with that thankfulness. You start you start with that gratitude posture. Um, and again, she said it best. You don't do it with any sense of expectation that it gains you brownie points. You don't expect to get gratitude back. You're doing it because that's what you're called to do. You love her the way that Christ loved you initially. Uh, he did not have this overwhelming need for you to respond to him. He is God. We are not. Uh, much like he does not need us on mission with him. And this is going to sound really uh, foreign to a bunch of men, including me, when I first heard it. And Christ would really love to have you in eternity with him. But he certainly does not need you there with him. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to circle back to the question that was first asked. Well, how can I prevent relapse this holiday season? Because uh, we need to address that, gentlemen. I mean, what are ways that we can prevent relapse? And it's more than just saying no to the parties where there's alcohol and, and, and uh, um, you know, maybe not spending as much money or, or you know, there, there's, there's so much. But what are some things, Lamar, that you think, um, bits of wisdom that you can give uh, the gentleman uh, to prevent relapse through the holidays? What are some things they can do in putting on yeah. God's new self? you are going to be tempted over the holidays i mean i i want to be very candid about that unless you lock yourself in a room and you don't interface with the rest of humanity the internet work kids anything at all then you are going to be tempted okay and if you do all those if you lock yourself in the room then you can't fulfill the great commission which is helping make disciples out of all the nations so either way there's some sinful you know sinfulness that's, that's available to us and so uh, as you're out there and the holidays maybe present some temptation to you, if you don't have some back pocket pre-planned responses in place, you are going to at least think a little bit more about the old way of life than maybe you ought to. And so having those PPRs, those pre-planned responses, that's a military term. Sorry, you guys are stuck with me today. Then, then you're going to go backwards. And so a pre-planned response basically is an if then, if this happens, then I'm going to do this. And when you when you're sitting there determining some of the possible temptations that's the hard part because the then part the if then the then says lord what do you say about this what do you say about me what's my identity how am i supposed to feel about you how am i supposed to act which takes us back to compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness and patience so that, that's the simple part the then part it's the if part that maybe takes some doing and that's why it's always important to know what to do about family, what to do with your time during the holidays. Are you overcommitting? Are you isolating? That's the other end of that spectrum. And then finally, what about your money? You know, how am I going to be all things to all people with this limited amount of money that I have? And so relieving those burdens in advance are very important. And so um, a couple couple things I want to address here uh, before we start to you know, begin closing. We've got a couple more questions. Yeah, here. I do want to just hit more, one more thing about um, the relapse. Um, if you're sitting back and thinking to yourself, I don't want to relapse. I don't want to relapse. I don't want to look at porn. I don't want to look at porn. Your brain and your heart, the only thing they hear is relapse, look at porn, relapse, look at porn. That's all they hear. So it is. That's why I love Colossians 3 so much. Keep reading it. I mean, we barely scratch the surface to what's in there for the new self. It says that you can sing joyful hymns or, 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 and spiritual songs of thanksgiving with your heart. It says, I mean, when you get your eyes off yourself and you serve other people, because um, I love, love when we said people that act out, they're not thankful. 
I mean, think about it. If you are acting out in sin, it's because you're not appreciative of what God has already given to you. And, and there's a lot of truth there. So having that spirit of thanksgiving um, helps with it. So um, are you imprinting the word on your heart? Because when you hide your word in your heart, um, I've hidden the word in your heart so that I might not sin against thee. I mean, that's a be, are, are we memorizing scripture? Are we imprinting it on our hearts? You, it's doing, it's not just sitting back and saying, I can't relapse, I don't wanna relapse, I can't look at porn. It's proactive, it's going out and doing, it's studying your wife, it's loving her, it's being patient with her. So thank you Love yeah. for letting me share that. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. And so um, if you need tangible things, a little bit more clear, tangible things to do every day, between now and Christmas, grab one one week's uh, study guide session for discussion questions and all that other stuff that is either in Conquer or Warpath, okay? And that, that'll help give you some direction on what it is to do instead of the old stuff. You need to have something ready to go just in your back pocket, just in case. I have a few of those questions at the, at the hot ready standby, so that way you can launch that alert bird in case the bad guys are coming over the horizon. And so, Steve's question. I wanted to do a full disclosure with my wife. I had done some partial confessions before. She said she didn't want to know all the details. Instead of the full disclosure, I explained why I acted out and that it was not about her. I encourage her to get some counseling, but she does not want to. Mm. Any thoughts, Christina? Yeah, this is um, Steve where I encourage you. Um, I did not go to counseling. Um, counseling was not something that I needed. I did go to group. Um, I got with other women and we watched the Conquer series, um, but it was, it was not counseling per se. So maybe if your wife knows there's other things outside of counseling, like getting together with other sisters um, who have similar wounds, uh, I think that is essential for her recovery. Um, just like it's essential for men to have community, women need it too. Uh, we have a sanctuary that we um, the women meet at 10 o'clock the same days that you guys have the, that we have the mission brief today it's recorded have her watch those have her see the interactions that we have as women come together uh, and and have her you know, invite her to to participate in that because the community is important it might not look like counseling and she might not be ready but with time um, and and that's something steve that you can do is pray I mean, you, you can't force her to go, but pray that God will open up the right opportunity for her to get the healing. Because uh, again, there's so many parallels to the man's recovery and to the woman's recovery. The enemy will come to still kill and destroy, and he will come in those who are in isolation. So the last thing I want is your wife thinking, um, isolating herself in this, um, because she's then just um, a sitting duck for the enemy's attack. She needs community. Yeah, amen. Mm -hmm. And and this is nothing that you can ever kind of hang over her head or tell her, mm -hmm. but a, a woman who's been hurt by someone else, sexual sin, sexual stronghold, um, her not necessarily getting help eventually is very akin to somebody that's been hit by a drunk driver expecting the drunk driver to go to physical therapy, you know, so they can heal. Uh, and the trauma that she has gone through will get worse and worse in her brain and it'll start physically manifesting yep. itself in symptoms. And so it will need to get addressed for her own spiritual yep. health, physical health and emotional health. Yep. Yeah. The best thing for you to do, Steve, is to keep being the picture of Colossians 3. Yes. By your and, demonstration. And when I say that, I'm talking about verse 12 <laughs> in particular. Yeah. And so that will practically demand a response. That's right. Demonstrate what recovery looks like. So, so she wants a taste of what yep. you have. I love that. 
David, I copy your whole uh, question here. I'm not going to read it out loud because mm -hmm. it's a little bit more of a, a something you and I can handle afterwards. So thank you so much for saying that in. I look forward to working with you. I'll shoot you an email here in a bit. So, And then finally, I've got an anonymous question here. It says, my wife sometimes tells me when she feels disconnected to nurture her with the words from my heart. Mm -hmm. And she does not mean praise or gratitude. Mm -hmm. uh, she also does not want to me to, she does not want to tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. She wants me to come up with some answers about what nurture means. Any advice? Oh, that, that is a hard one. Um, and thank you for whoever wrote that in. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, this hits home to me uh, and part of my journey in recovery uh, because I struggle with expectations. I struggle with, I just want Lamar to figure it out because if I tell him that kills the romance, if I tell him I might as well, I mean, then it doesn't matter. Um, and I've learned through recovery that expectations are the number one destroyer of intimacy in a marriage. And I take responsibility for having done that in our marriage in the past because I had all these uh, expectations that I never shared with him. And and so I'm I'm not a big fan of of men having to guess um, what their wives need, um, but at the same time, how can you tell your wife gently? I need a little coaching. I need a little guidance. Um, or maybe if she's in community with other women, um, you know, her her maybe getting some guidance there as well. Because the guessing game is very hard in recovery, and it's not conducive to another part of Colossians three. Um, which is being completely honest. Uh, and that, that goes for both parties, being completely honest and transparent with what your needs are. And so um, I, uh, that's, that's a tough question. That is really hard and it, it is a tough situation. If men, please help me out if you have any other um, uh, encouragement or wisdom for our anonymous question here. Um, this is, the, this mm -hmm. is the beautiful part about our sanctification journey. She's looking for nurturing words from your heart. Man, what better words from your heart than love letters from Jesus to you? That's good. I like I mean, that. What, uh, that's good. Th there is nothing okay. else you can come Scratch up with. Scratch my answer. Go with his anonymous. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that would touch me. That If you were to, yes, write um, from the word yeah. and use scripture, that would be beautiful. And, and, and really, it's about what the scripture is saying to you. Again, taking you yourself, you know, your ego, whatever it is that, 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 that Freud and Nietzsche and all those other cats are talking about. Okay, taking you out of the picture, you know, what is the scripture really saying to you from a perspective of, man, we've got a good father mm -hmm. who loves his kids a whole bunch and wants good things for them. And, and I guarantee you one of the good things that he wants, because he talks about it in a whole book of the Bible called Song of Solomon, is how to love your wife the right way. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you're curious on, you know, what are the nurturing things to say to her, just take a look at that. Also, reach out to whomever you wound up getting this invitation from, be it Soul Refine or whatever, and find me, say Attention Lamar. And we can work through this in a conversation. We can do some text thread. We can do an email trail. Uh, if you want to jump on a phone call, man, there are so many different ideas that everybody's a little bit different and there's no cookie cutter. Thou shalt do it this way to nail it to the wall. Okay. It's a lot like disclosure. Nobody ever walks out of disclosure saying, man, we, we crushed that. It's a mess. All right. And you're going to step in it as you're trying to do this nurturing piece, but it doesn't matter what happens. Man, love with abandon. Yeah, that's really good. I love what you said. And, and just sitting here praying about um, this question, I, I would not recommend you say, um, 
you know, anything that I shared about these are expectations and I would not go down that path. I think, I think she's gifting you with something. She's gifting you with an opportunity uh, to demonstrate examples of nurture, but then to be openly communicative about what works and what doesn't. So try something and just did this, did this reach the mark? And if not, that's okay. We can try something else and, and get creative, pray to God about ways that you can nurture your wife. I think that's most important and pray with your wife for that, for that disclosure. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, that would mean so much to me if you were to say, Hey, I, I want to be able to nurture you. Can we pray about this together? I mean, that would be extremely powerful. Hmm. Guys, I want to end it with one thing. We've talked a lot about recovery. We've talked about sobriety. We talked a lot about discipleship. Um, there, there's one more conversation that I would love to have just based off of some of the comments I've seen here today. And that's an evangelical conversation. And that just simply says that uh, it, it doesn't matter where you're going or how far you are on this journey. If Christ is not at the center of it, then there's no chance at full redemptive relationship, full recovered marriages that, that, are, that are really getting back to the garden where it's just you and her completely naked, totally available to each other. Um, so without Jesus at the center of it, it's just flat out not going to happen. And I'm not talking about the Jesus of your five-year-old or six-year-old experience that you had at, at, the, at my Baptist church back in 1976. I'm talking about the Jesus that changes your whole life, that completely upends you, sends you in a whole different direction, and lets you love with no sense that you got to have anything else except for him. And I, I don't want to step on toes, but I do want to be really clear about it. And if you have questions about it or if you want to debate it, which I, I don't think there's really too much, too much in that. But if, if you want to, how do, I, how do I understand this? How do I know about this? Again, see the last statement. Just reach out. Then yeah. we, can, we can walk through that. It's beautiful. Uh, I think of the 10th leopard. He came back. And what posture did he take, gentlemen? He fell on his face. <laughs> Have you fallen on your face before Jesus? I mean, how desperate do you want the miracle? How much faith do you have that you're going to get the miracle or more miracles in your life? Have you assumed the posture of falling on your face? And, and I just, I can't ignore that. And so Lamar and I, we're gonna be falling on our face um, in the next nine months to come as our son goes into recovery. We would love your prayers. We would love your support. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. so. And we pray that you can fall on your face where you need a miracle in your life and let us know so that we can join you there in that posture, because we are holding on to hope that this holiday season, God is ready to do incredible miracles through our, but it first is going to take our obedience and, and an act of faith. So we want you to join us. Well, team, I, I'm so thankful for your, um, attendance today. I'm thankful for my beautiful wife being here with us. Uh, thank you for honoring us, honey. So. Yes, and happy Veterans Day again to our veterans. Um, happy Veterans Day to you, Lamar. Thank you for our service and for, for the wives of those who have served and for those who in any capacity help this country. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Dennis, you said it best here, bud, man, about intimacy and, and not sexual, but just intimacy with, with your you know, people that you love the most. And so we're going to talk a lot about that intimacy issue as we meet again. I think the next one is December the 9th, if I'm not mistaken. 
And a lot of people think there's, there's three major holidays coming up in the next, you know, eight weeks or so. Actually, there's four. And so uh, I, I want to, you know, in order, I'll, I'll remind you it's Thanksgiving coming up in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a couple of weeks after that, there's the Army-Navy game that everybody celebrates. And, you know, people do special things all over the country about. Um, and then two weeks after that's Christmas. And then a week after that is New Year's. And so if you need some guidance on what to do for the Army-Navy game, please, again, reach out. All right. Want- all right. So if you were talking about two Fridays from now, we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, yeah, the day before Army-Navy is our next meeting. It is December the 9th. And so uh, you might see some Navy stuff. Uh, thank you, Mark. I appreciate that backhanded smack. I love you too, brother. Mm-hmm. Just not on the 10th of December. Oh, so. <laughs> funny. So the second Friday of December, we are going to be talking about intimacy in the holidays. Let's do it. Let's bring back some of that, yeah. the jingle and the bells all the way. Or oh, Okay, I got to work on that. We got to <laughs> pray about that. Got to work through that before. So. <laughs> all right, team. Thank so. you, gentlemen, for yep. having me. It's been a pleasure being here and we will see you in December. Have a a very blessed Thanksgiving, everyone. Yep. All right, guys, I'm going to close this in prayer. Lord, thank you for this time. Lord, thank you for, I mean, just your word. Um, none of the psycho stuff, psycho babble, psychology, psychiatry, none, none of that stuff matters, Lord, without your word to guide us with truth, big T truth. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, thank you so much for being here with us. Lord, thank you for my lovely wife joining us. God, thank you for these men and their availability, their surrender. It's not easy to sit through an hour talking about recovery from sexual sin and stronghold. And so, God, thank you for all the folks that are out there seeking that maybe they've never been free. Maybe they just got free. Maybe they're three or four years free. Uh, Lord, thank you for the ones that are decades free. They're here to help them along. And God, thank you so much for your Holy Spirit that changes from the inside out. It's your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bye, guys.